Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to History Class on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Yes, we are going back into history class today. You know we have to do this from time to time. The importance of, of Americans going to history class even right now is uh, it, it's high. The importance of this happening is is very high because it's not happening um, otherwise. We're not getting, in my opinion, we're not getting a proper history otherwise. I wish it were happening. I really do. Uh, yesterday we talked about you know Benjamin Franklin who had founded Penn University of Pennsylvania. He is the he's considered the man, the guy, the founder. Uh, and in a letter to Samuel Johnson, the president of, at the time, King's College, which is now Columbia. Um, you know, my, my paraphrase, you know, Franklin said, we need to be teaching the kids wisdom and virtue because, you know, if we teach it in schools, we can prevent bad habits and vices rather than teaching them as, a, as an adult trying to, like a disease, cure the bad habit and the vices. So it's it's my contention and my wish that history class would actually be happening in public education to teach the kids while they're young the actual history of America, the good and the bad of it. We, we, and we have to teach all of it, but it's not happening. And I contend to you that the history we're going to get into today, it's this, I don't think this history to this detail happens in any public school because it does tell the good and the bad. And the, the bad shines a light on the Democrats. And since the Democrats run public education, why why they can't have this? No, how how dare we have? You know, we we can't talk about what we're about to talk about. Are we ready then? I'm ready. Let's uh, let's dive into it. Let's let's shine some light on actual American history. The year was 1870, December 12th. Joseph Rainey of South Carolina is sworn in as the first black member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Joseph Rainey, December 12th. Why don't the Democrats ever talk about, um, I, I never, I have never heard a Democrat mention Joseph Rainey. And, and I have to wonder why, you know, why isn't, why isn't he, you know, part of, of what's celebrated? Uh, the first African, I'm going to, I'm looking at a book here by David Barton. It's called Setting the Record Straight, American History in Black and White. So if you're a homeschool family and you want a history textbook, oh, 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 is this the book for you? David Barton, again, it's called Setting the Record Straight, American History in Black and White. You can get it at, you know, the Wall Builders. It's a fantastic book. And there's, you know, some some things from it I'm going to I'm going to present to you today in history class. The first African-American elected to the U.S. House was Joseph Hayne, Hayne Rainey. Hayne Rainey, not Haynes Rainey, Joseph Hayne Rainey, South Carolina. Rainey was the first of 23 Black Americans elected to the U.S. Congress. All of them were Republicans. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, okay. So this is why we don't hear Joseph Hayne Rainey talked about in public education that he was a Republican and he was the first of 23 black Americans elected to Congress 
and they were all Republican. Oh, remarkably, of those early black congressmen, 13 had been slaves. Consider the amazing transformation that this represents. In only five years, black Americans had gone from being slaves to becoming members of Congress, and all of them were homeschooled or self-educated. Oh, oh, we can't talk about these people. No, that's ridiculous. They were homeschooled, or they engaged in some type of self-education. You're not going to hear this in public schools, because uh, public schools, you know, I shouldn't say this in general of Ah, you know, Dean. All right. So when I say public schools despise homeschool, I I don't mean the teachers. I don't mean, you know, even the the, the principals, you know, maybe of the buildings. I'm referring to the public school leadership. And in particular, the teachers union leadership. They, oh man, are you kidding? They don't want homeschools to even exist because well, quite frankly, it, it taps into their their financial bloodline, taps into their power source. It 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 takes away money f- from the coffers, and and you know that's what they like more than education. They like money, and there's a lot of money in it because taxpayers are like, yeah, we want to educate our kids. Here's more money, and we talked about this, you know, a couple of days ago. Money is not the solution to the problems that 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 school presents. Not even the problems that school presents, but the problems that are inherent within our public system. Those problems being, you know, right now, uh, low test scores, you know, kids, you know, below proficiency, kids failing. And, you know, teachers unions and, and school leaders say, we need more money. Money's the solution. Throw us your money. And, uh, and that's not the solution at all. You know, and, we, and we've, uh, we've discussed this, you know, what is solution, what the solution is, is a proper education. It's a proper curriculum. It's a classical education. It's, you know, it's an education that kids are going to get at home. It, it's a homeschool education. Uh, that's what it is. And, and these congressmen, um, you know, were all homeschooled. And 13, 13 of the 25 had been had been slaves. So, you know, how come the 1619 Project doesn't talk about this? Well, they can't because it goes against the narrative that the country uh, truly wanted freedom for everybody. It wanted freedom for all. The country believed that the Declaration stood for uh, equality of everybody. That's what Jefferson wrote. And they believed it. Well, the 1619 folks, they can't talk about this. You know, they can't mention that, you know, just, you know, a short number of years after being slaves, these men are now sitting in the halls of Congress. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Additionally, three members of that group of congressmen uh, were ministers Seven were attorneys, five were school teachers, four were university presidents, and 13 were state legislators, a distinguished group with absolute stellar achievements. Democrats, however, did not elect their flat their first black member to the U.S. House until 1935. Did, 
Were you aware of that? Uh, you know, Joseph Rainey was elected in 1870. So it was almost, what, 65 years later before the Democrats sent their first member to Congress. But yeah, 1935, that black member was from Illinois, a northern state in which blacks had always been free. And it was not until 1973 that the first black Americans from the South were elected to Congress as Democrats. I mean, think about this. Illinois is a free state from the North. And it's not until 1935 from a free state that the Democrats elect their, their first black member. And you know they did that so reluctantly. Oh, 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 oh. you know they did. Uh and then in 1973, we've got um, two, the, the first Black Americans from the South are elected to Congress as, as Democrats. Barbara Jordan of Texas and Andrew Young of, of Georgia, two of them. And they were elected only after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the gerrymandered district lines that Southern Democratic state legislators had drawn to keep Blacks from being elected. Yeah, uh-huh, that's exactly the truth. While Black Americans immediately following the Civil War had indeed begun a distinguished chapter in their history, the opposition to their rapid success grew just as rapidly. Many Southern Democrats not only despised Blacks and Republicans, but they utilized every means possible to keep them from voting. Hmm including not only the use of devious and cunning means, but also the direct use of violence. No, uh -uh. the Democrats, I mean, they wouldn't do that, would they? They wouldn't resort to violence to keep black people from voting, would they? And 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 they wouldn't resort to, to violence to keep white Republicans from voting, would they? Because it's the white Republicans that, that supported um, freedom for everybody especially black people. It was the white Republicans. The Republican Party was founded on that very tenet. Oh, no, the Democrats, they wouldn't. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't. No. Well, in fact, after examining the abundant evidence concerning this violence, U.S. Senator Roscoe Conkling, who was nominated as a U.S. Supreme Court justice, concluded that the Democrat Party was determined to exterminate Blacks in those states where Democrat supremacy was threatened. Hmm. As a response to Democrat violence in the South and in order to further secure the civil rights of Black Americans, Congress passed the 15th Amendment explicitly guaranteeing voting rights for Blacks. The 15th Amendment the final of the three post-war civil rights amendments was the first ever constitutional expansion of voting rights. And like the two previous civil rights, it was passed along partisan lines. Oh, no, it wasn't passed. No, it wasn't passed along partisan lines, was it? Not a single one of the 56 Democrats in Congress at that time voted for the 15th Amendment. Not one single Democrat. Oh, no, Dean, that's not true. You, you, no, they all voted for it. I mean, come on. They're the Democrats. Not a single one. 
voted to pass the 15th Amendment guaranteeing the rights for Black people to vote. Not a single one of the 56 Democrats in Congress, not one Democrat either from the North or the South supported granting explicit voting rights to Black Americans. Didn't matter. It didn't matter which side of the Mason-Dixon line they were on. Them Democrats weren't voting for that. Yet, despite the opposition from Democrats, the 15th Amendment did pass entirely by Republicans, and its passage was greeted by Black Americans with great rejoicing. With the passage of this amendment, leading abolitionist Wendell Phillips joyfully exclaimed, quote, We have washed color out of the Constitution. Just as Republicans had passed several civil rights laws during the Civil War, they passed several more after the war. The first was that of 1866, making it illegal to deprive a person of civil rights because of race, color, or previous servitude. Democrats not only opposed that bill, but Democrat President Andrew Johnson even vetoed it. I'd, you know, we, we, we certainly can't learn about this. You can't learn about this in public schools because it tells the truth. And the truth is shining directly in the eyes of the Democrats. Right in the right in the the, the historical truth is blinding. It's so bright. President Andrew Johnson vetoed that bill. However, there were enough Republicans to override his veto to the jubilation of both black and white civil rights advocates, and the bill became law. Two other civil rights laws were passed that year, one protecting marriages of blacks and one prohibiting slave hunting. In 1867, five more civil rights laws were passed, providing for voting rights and for the enforcement and protection of other civil rights, passed, I might add, by Republicans. Democrat President Andrew Johnson vetoed three of those five bills. Why do the Democrats hate us so much? But Republicans again overrode his vetoes. Republicans passed two more civil rights laws in 1868, another in 1869, four more in 1870, and two more in 1871. And it, it was 1870 then that, that, that ushered in Joseph Rainey. South Carolina. On December 12th, the day we are celebrating today, at least we're celebrating it here on the Dean's List. These last nine civil rights bills were passed under Republican President Ulysses S. Grant, who signed rather than vetoed the bills. Hmm. Democrat president vetoed these civil rights bills. Republican president signed them. African-Americans watching civil rights pro progress at the Capitol greeted the passage of civil rights bills with great celebration. In 1875, only a decade after the Civil War, Republicans had successfully passed almost two dozen civil rights laws, and Black American legislatures often played significant roles in the debates surrounding the passage of these laws. And Democrat congressmen often, I shouldn't even say often, always objected, always interjected a roadblock of some sorts. One such example involved the Civil Rights Bill in 1871, 
a bill to allow the federal government to punish Klan violence. During the debate on that bill, Representative Robert Brown Elliott of South Carolina addressed the issue of Southern violence and delivered a compelling speech. And here is a portion of it. The Democrat Party of the South, as evidenced in the utterances of its recognized organs, which is the official writings, and leaders, exhibits the declared purpose to defeat the ballot with the bullet and other coercive means. I have presented a few of the manifold proofs. Now, now, by the way, uh, U.S. Representative Robert Brown Elliott is a black man. He's a Republican. And he is, uh, in this debate, he is, he is addressing the Democrats' opposition to punishing Klan violence, punishing Klan members. And here are uh, the proofs. I've presented a few of the manifold proofs, he says. Quote, in support of the facts warranting the passage of this bill, I have shown the declared purpose of the Ku Klux organization, and I refer to the official records of nearly every Southern state during the past 10 months to show how that bloody purpose has been in part executed. This bill will tend in some degree to prevent its full achievement. I do not wish to be understood as speaking for the colored man alone. When I demand instant protection for the loyal men of the South. No, sir, my demand is not so restricted. The white Republican of the South is also hunted down and murdered or scourged for his opinion's sake. And during the past two years, more than 600 loyal men of both races have perished in my state alone, black and white. But this black uh, representative, Robert Elliott, is taking a stand. And it's not, at this point, it's not black versus white. It's Democrat versus everybody else. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, the truth of it. And we're up against the break. We will pick up history class on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. In 2008, People could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. 
Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are in history class today. It is December 12th, and on this date in 1870, Joseph Rainey of South Carolina is sworn in as the first Black member of the U.S. House of Representatives. And I, I posed this question at the beginning of history class, and that is, you know, why, why don't the Democrats celebrate the first Black man ever elected to the House of Representatives? Why don't the Democrats celebrate uh, celebrate Joseph Rainey? Hmm. hmm? I, I I'm just I wonder. I wonder why. Oh, my friends, as we get into some quotes by Rainey, you're going to discover why he's not celebrated. Hmm. But first, uh, we we ended that uh, that last segment. Representative Robert Brown Elliott of South Carolina, who's also a black man. He is speaking at uh, during a debate on one of the bills. This bill is from 1871, and it was to allow the federal government to punish Klan members for their violence. Okay, that, that's what this bill is all about. And uh, Representative Robert Brown Elliott is saying that, look, here, not, not only do the Klans, the Klans, not only do, do, do the Klan members attack black people in the South, but they also attack white Republicans. Why? Because the white Republicans supported black members. They supported black Americans in the South. They they, they wanted their freedom. They wanted civil rights for black Americans. And this is what uh, Robert Brown Elliott um, is declaring here. He said, uh, this is where I finished the last segment. The white Republican of the South is also hunted down and murdered or scourged for his opinion's sake. And during the past two years, more than 600 loyal men of both races have perished in my state alone, his state of South Carolina, the same state of um, Joseph Rainey, by the way. His speech continues. Yet, sir, it is true that these mass murderers strike chiefly at the black race, simply because he exercises his privileges as an American freeman. You Democrats would drive him into exile with the pitiless lash or doom him to swift murder, seeking your revenge for political power lost by moving at midnight along the path of the assassin. Holy smokes, he just called the Democrats out. No, we can't hear about this guy. There is no way we can even know what he said in the halls of Congress. Our young people cannot know this. Because if young people in this country discover the truth of the Democrat Party, this is why history is being changed before our very eyes. 
This is why there are certain things in public schools that are not taught and then made up lies that are taught. Made up lies of the 1619 project that are taught, that lies that that make America out to be evil racist, when in fact it's the Democrats. It's the Democrat portion of America that are the evil racist. Oh, Dean, I can't believe you just called the Democrats evil racist. Well, now look, I'm not calling everyone who votes Democrat and evil racist. When I when I say the Democrats are evil racist, I'm referring to the Democrat leadership. I'm not referring to the rank and you know the rank and file people who who just mindlessly vote Democrat because that's the way it's always been in their family and that's the way it's going to be. Dean, are you just calling Democrats dumb? No, I'm not. Well, all right. Let me carry on with this quote by Representative Robert Brown Elliott a Black member of Congress who happens, my friends, to be a Republican. He continues, I trust, sir, that this bill will pass quickly and be quickly enforced, lest the Democrat Party triumph in the states of the South through armed violence. Can you believe he said that? I mean, can you believe this was a a speech uttered in the halls of Congress by a Black representative during a debate of a bill that would allow the federal government to punish Klan violence? Oh, but wait, wait, friends, mm, there's more, just wait. The man we are celebrating today, the man who today in 1870 is the, the, the first black American sworn in as a representative in the halls of Congress, Representative Joseph Hayne Rainey. He's also a member of South Carolina. During the same debate, he delivered a powerful speech explaining why Blacks were most often the targets of Klan violence. Are you ready for this, friends? Here comes the quote, and this is why this man is not celebrated today in in Democrat circles. Do the things he's going to say here. Holy smokes. Mm. Here we go. When we call to mind the fact that this Klan persecution is waged against men for the simple reason that they dare vote with the Republican Party that saved the Union intact. The question is sometimes asked, why do not the courts of law afford redress? Hmm, That's a familiar question. I continue. We answer that the courts are in many instances under the control of those Democrats who are wholly enemies to the impartial administration of law and equity. Holy smokes! That sounds like today. That sounds like it could be the Democrats of today, doesn't it? Joseph Hayne Rainey is not messing around. This is 1871. He's been in Congress, you know, for a year, and he's not messing around. He says the reason there's no legal redress afforded is because the courts are controlled by the Democrats. What benefit would, I continue his quote, what benefit would result from appeal to tribunals whose officers are secretly in sympathy with the very evil against which we are striving? Holy smokes, he's not messing around. He's dropping uh, both barrels, not only on the Democrats in Congress, but the Democrats that sit on the bench. The quote continues, if blacks numbering one-eighth of the population of these United States would only cast their votes in the interest of the Democrat Party, 
all open measures of violence against them would be immediately suspended and their rights as American citizens recognized. Oh, oh, that is interesting. This isn't a white man saying this. This is Joseph Rainey, South Carolina, the first black man sworn in as a, as a United States representative. And he's saying if just a small, just a small portion of, of black people would vote Democrat, then guess what? All this violence against us would immediately be suspended. And their rights as American citizens, well, they'd be recognized because, well, you you're buying it. You're 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 buying that that right in order for the Democrats to then give it to you in return. So this goes against everything that Jefferson spoke about in the Declaration, which he said unalienable rights were, were given to us by God. But here the Democrats are saying, yeah, we'll give you these rights, just vote for us. This is what Rainey's saying, that the, that the Democrats will afford you your unalienable rights, but first you have to vote for them. Mm, this is despicable. Rainey's speech continues. But I can only say that we love freedom more, vastly more than slavery. Consequently, we hope to keep clear of the Democrats. <laughs> what? Joseph Rainey said, we hope to keep clear of the, of the Democrats. We can't talk about this man. We can't, let, we can't let public school students know how he truly felt. His quote continues. Oh, it gets so much better. Are you ready? Here we go. I will say that in the state of South Carolina, there is no disturbance of any alarming character in any one of the counties in which the Republicans have a majority. The troubles are usually in those sections in which the Democrats have control. Holy smokes. This man's prophetic. I mean, look at Chicago. Look at San Francisco. Look at New York. Look, look, at, all, look at all the big cities. Look at L.A. All right. Who's in control? The Democrats are in control. Joseph Rainey said the troubles are usually in those sections in which the Democrats have control. And nothing has changed today, my friends. It is, it's identical today. It's the exact same. Oh, we, we, can't, we can't teach Joseph Rainey. No, we cannot talk about December 12th, 1870, and then learn how this man truly felt about the Democrats and, and how, what he felt about the Democratic Party. Uh-uh. Nope. Can't do it. Oh, his quote, my friends, continues. I say to the entire membership of the Democrat Party that upon your hands rests the blood of the loyal men of the South. Disclaim it as you will. The stain is there to prove your criminality before God and the world in the day of retribution, which will surely come. Holy smokes, he just didn't say that. He just said, I say to the entire membership of the Democrat Party, upon your hands rests the blood of the loyal men of the South. Disclaim it as you will, the stain is there to prove your criminality before God and the world in the day of retribution, which I, which will surely come. Mm. Holy smokes. Did you know? Did, did you know that this was uttered in the halls of Congress? 
by the first black representative who happened to be a Republican, who called out every single member of the Democrat Party and said, uh, the, the, the blood of the Ku Klux Klan is on your hands and you, you're going to stand for it one day. You're going to stand on the day of, of, of retribution before the, the final judge on that judgment day. And, and and you're going to have to you're going to have to answer to your to your deeds. You're going to have to answer to the crimes that you've committed that you think you're getting away with. And the same is true today. The Democrats think they're getting away with what what they think they're getting away with, but they're going to have to answer for it, whether in this life or the next. I mean, that's what Joseph Rainey's saying. Mm. He continues, I pity the man or party of men who would seek to ride into power over the dead body of a legitimate opponent. This is what they want to do to Donald Trump. They want to ride into power over, over the dead body of a legitimate opponent. They're doing to him exactly what they did to Black people in the 1800s, 1900s. There's, there's no difference in, in the Democrats. No difference at all whatsoever. He continues, I can say for my people that we are fully determined to stand by the Republican Party and the government we have resolved to be loyal and firm. And as Queen Esther said long ago, if we perish, we perish. I earnestly hope the bill will pass. That bill did pass, but only over the united opposition of Democrats. Not a single Democrat, neither from the North or the South, supported the Civil Rights Bill to punish Klan violence. Not a single Democrat voted for that bill. And Joseph Rainey, South Carolina, sworn in as the first Black member of the U.S. US House of Representatives, called each and every one of them out on it. And he said, there's, there's blood on your hands. But we can't learn about Joseph Rainey. Nuh-uh. No, no siree. Uh-uh. We can't tell uh, elementary, middle school, high school kids about this man. He, this man needs to be celebrated. He needs to be, he needs to be shouted from every rooftop in this country. Now, if you were to Google him on the internet today, you would probably, you know, read some of his speeches and and um and the twist and turn of whoever's you know talking about it on on Google uh, would talk about it in the sense that see slavery's evil, America is evil, America's America's history was evil. It'd be about how evil America is, when in fact, Rainey and others spoke of this evil in the terms of it solely coming from one party, and that party, my friends, is the Democrats. The, this isn't my words. These are the words of of Rainey. Mm, this is this is shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Sometimes history class is shocking. When the vote was taken in Congress on the Thirteenth Amendment to abolish slavery, the chambers were packed from wall to wall with expectant observers. After the numbers were counted and it was announced that the amendment had passed. A roar erupted from the thousands in the chamber. Hats were thrown and voices were raised in exuberant cheers. Congress had voted to end slavery with the 13th Amendment. 
How should something that profound be celebrated, you ask? I mean, there's got to be a celebration here when the, the 13th Amendment is passed. Well, here's how it was celebrated. Members of the House asked that a sermon be preached to commemorate the event. Oh, what? Members of the House wanted a sermon to be preached? Well, we can't have that. We've got to have the separation of church and state. Well, uh, they wanted a sermon preached. And who did they ask to preach the sermon? None other than the Reverend Henry Highland Garnet, who became the first African-American to speak ever in the halls of Congress. Well, it might sound strange today to hear that a sermon was preached in the Capitol. It was not at all unusual then. In fact, on December 4th, 1800, shortly after Congress first moved into the Capitol building, Congress authorized that on Sundays, the Capitol building would be used for church services. Oh, Dean, why, that's impossible. There's got to be a separation of church and state. You can't have church services in the Capitol building. Well, by 1867, 67 years later, the largest church in Washington, D.C. was the one at the U.S. Capitol. 2,000 people a week met there for church, so it was not at all unusual to have sermons and religious services in the Capitol. <gasps> well, why don't we hear about this in history class? I didn't know this was a thing. Of course you didn't, because they don't teach it anymore, because they want us to believe that the founders, uh, number one, uh, didn't want religion at all in the public square, especially in a government building. And number two, that America was evil. They, we've got to believe that. America was evil because America loves slavery. When in fact, only a particular group in America loves slavery. Only a particular group in America hated religion. Guess who that group is? Mm -mm. Back to the Reverend Henry Garnett. Reverend Garnett preached his sermon on Sunday, February 12th, 1865, and it was powerful. His discourse began with a recollection of his own personal experiences. All right, here's what the Reverend said. What is slavery? Too well do I know what it is. I was born among the cherished institutions of slavery. My earliest recollections of parents, friends, and the home of my childhood are clouded with its wrongs. The first sight that met my eyes was my Christian mother, enslaved. Garnet then reviewed the prominent historical leaders of both church and state who had strongly opposed slavery. And, oh, boy, here it comes. Here it comes. This is what he said. Augustine, Constantine, Ignatius, Polycarp. Maximus, and the most illustrious lights of the ancient church denounced the sin of slaveholding. Christians, they denounced it. Christianity was, was um, adamantly opposed to slavery. All right, his quote continues, and this is where it just gets eye-opening. Quote, Thomas Jefferson said, at a period of his life when his judgment was matured and his, his experience was ripe, there is preparing, I hope, under the auspices of heaven, a way for a total emancipation. Oh, what? Jefferson said that? And uh, a Black minister giving his sermon celebrating the passage of the 13th Amendment is quoting Jefferson as saying that? 
why that can't be. We can't have that. We, we can't have kids learning about that. They have to learn Jefferson's evil, that evil Thomas Jefferson, who did not believe the Declaration when he wrote it. You see what we're up against? I mean, I know you see it. You see it. All right. Garnett's quote continues. The sainted Washington said near the close of his mortal career, and when the light of eternity was beaming upon him, it is among my first wishes to see some plan adopted by which slavery in this country shall be abolished by law. I know of but one way by which this can be done, and that is by legislative action. And so far as my vote can go, it shall not be wanting. Mm, that is good. His quote continues. Patrick Henry said, we should transmit to posterity our abhorrence of slavery. So also this Congress. The other day when the light of liberty streamed through this marble building and the hearts of the noble band of patriotic statesmen leaped for joy, and this our national capital shook from foundation to dome with the shouts of a ransomed people, then methinks the spirits of Washington, Jefferson, the Jays, the Adamses, Franklin and Lafayette, Giddings and Lovejoy, and those of all the mighty and glorious dead remembered by history because they were faithful to truth, justice, and liberty, were hovering over the august assembly, the one seen by mortal eyes. Doubtless they joined the angelic choir and said, Amen. Mm, just, I love that. Uh, how can you not love that? How can you not feel that? I know you feel it. Oh, man, you feel it. Some of you are like, what? I had no idea. I had no idea this was spoken by a black man after the passage of the 13th Amendment. I know you had no idea. Because it's not taught anymore, that's why. That's why history class on the dean's list is so vitally important why we're in the throes of it, even as we speak. Back to Reverend Garnett. This is his conclusion. He calls on the states to ratify the, uh, the 13th Amendment that Congress just passed. Quote, let the verdict of death, which has been brought in against slavery by Congress, be affirmed and executed by the people. Let the gigantic monster perish. Yes, perish now and perish forever. Let slavery die. It has had a long and fair trial. God himself has pleaded against it. Its death warrant is signed by God and man. Do not commute its sentence. Give it no respite, but let it be ignominiously executed. Honorable senators and representatives, illustrious rulers of this great nation, I cannot refrain this day from invoking upon you in God's name the blessings of millions who are ready to perish, but to whom a new and better life has been opened by your humanity, justice, and patriotism. You have said, let the constitution of the country be so amended that slavery and involuntary servitude shall no longer exist in the United States, except in punishment for a crime. Surely an act so sublime could not escape divine notice, and doubtless, the deed has been recorded in the archives of heaven. Favored men and honored of God as his instruments speedily finish the work which he has given you to do. 
emancipate, enfranchise, educate, and give the blessings of the gospel to every American citizen. Holy smokes. That, um, that's beautiful. Uh, that's just beautiful. And the fact that that isn't, uh, the fact that this speech isn't read in public schools today, it just makes me mad. Instead, you know, kids are lied to. They are lied to, and they are said that uh, the country was founded in evil. They're told that um, everything about the country is evil. You know, when in fact there was evil in this country. There was a lot of evil in this country. And it was purported by the people who are currently in power. And that's what they're trying to hide. That is the fact that, that they are trying to hide. This was a momentous event. The first black American to speak in the Capitol, and he delivered this powerful sermon. This sermon needs to be, you know, when we when we roll around to February, this sermon needs to be front and center. The words of Joseph Rainey need to be front and center, but you know what? They don't, they shouldn't be just front and center in, in one month. I mean, this is part of our history. This is need, this needs to be talked about constantly, not just in February. That this great black man had to say this. No, this is December 12th, and it needs to be talked about constantly and regularly. Interestingly, at the beginning of this recorded sermon is a revealing message of thanks passed by the leadership of Reverend Garnett's church. It's the 15th Street Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. The church trustees were so pleased with the honor bestowed on their pastor that they passed a resolution. Listen to their resolution, by the way. Whereas the chaplain of the House of Representatives, Reverend William H. Channing, together with a number of the Republican members of the House, believing that it would be eminently wise and proper to have some public religious service to commemorate such an auspicious event, requested our pastor, Reverend Henry Highland Garnett, to deliver a memorial discourse on the second Sabbath of February, 1865. Therefore, Resolved that the thanks of the congregation be tendered to those members of the Senate and House of Representatives who voted for said amendment. Notice in this resolution of thanks that it was the Republican members who had asked Reverend Garnett to speak. The Democrats in the House did not join in inviting him to preach his sermon. Are you kidding? No, they couldn't have that. Uh-uh. That's not allowed. Why, he's a black man. We can't have him up here. Yet this is not surprising, given the demonstrated attitude of Democrats toward blacks at the time, and it's not surprising considering the Democrat opposition to traditional public religious expression and activities that are demonstrated today. Nothing surprising it, surprising about it at all. All right. 
I'm going to pause here for a break. I need to collect myself after that. You're listening to The Dean's List and America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. That last segment went a little long, uh, so this one's gonna, this one's going to be shorter. You know, I didn't intend for the entire hour today to be history class. You know, sometimes it just happens, though. Uh, especially with me, I, you know, when we get into history class, I I tend to go longer. There's just so much rich history to discuss. I mean, just to dive into the richness. Uh, of the of the people that really formed this country. And one of those individuals is Joseph Rainey. Uh, he is a man who, while not a founding father, he's a man who helped form this country and establish it after the Civil War. And today, December 12th, 1870, is the day that Joseph Rainey was sworn into office as the, the first black man who is sworn in as a as a representative of the United States you know it's uh what an honor what an absolute honor and you know it's a shame that that we can't not that we can't I mean we can and we are here but it's a shame that our public schools don't that we're not celebrating this day this day needs to be celebrated uh you know just like we would celebrate the day that uh, Rosa Parks said, "I'm not getting off this bus seat. Uh, 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 I'm not staying. I'm not moving for that white man over there." Uh, you know, we should celebrate this day just as we would celebrate, you know, any day around MLK. 
but the reason the Democrats don't want to celebrate today is because uh, Joseph Rainey was not a Democrat. Mm-mm. And the other, you know, black men that came into Congress, well, they were not Democrats. Uh, they did not believe what the Democrats believed. You know, the Democrats were all about the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, you know, they they founded it. Uh, because of the 13th Amendment and the end of slavery, Black Americans, particularly in the South, could now enjoy their first real taste of civil rights, their first genuine opportunity for political participation. Within a year, Blacks were registering to vote and were forming political parties across the South. Uh, at a rally in Houston, Texas, July 4th, 1867, 150 blacks with 20 whites formed the Republican Party of Texas. Black Americans also started other Southern Republican parties as well. In the years immediately following the Civil War, the former rebels, who had been uh, mostly exclusively Democrats, they were not allowed to vote in their states until they took an oath of loyalty. And in that oath, they swore first an oath of allegiance to the United States, And second, an oath to respect the civil rights of Black Americans. If a rebel did not swear this oath, then he couldn't vote. And many Democrats couldn't vote because they refused to swear this oath. Uh, Therefore, for, you know, it was a few years, Republicans became the political majority in most of the Southern states. Those Republican legislatures moved quickly to protect voting rights for African Americans They moved to prohibit segregation. They moved to establish public education and to open public transportation, state police, schools, and they worked to open other institutions to Black Americans. Not only were the Southern legislatures at that time Republican, uh, but nearly every Southern legislature included many Black legislators. In fact, and this is where it gets good, and this is what we don't hear about in American history. But the fact is, the first 42 blacks elected to state legislature in Texas were all Republicans. And in Louisiana, the first 95 black representatives and the first 32 black senators were all Republicans. In Alabama, the first 103 blacks elected to the state legislature were Republicans. In Mississippi, the first 112 were Republicans. In South Carolina, the first 190 were Republicans. In Virginia, the first 46. In Florida, the first 30 were Republicans. And the same in North Carolina. And in Georgia, 41 blacks were elected to the state legislature, all as Republicans. Of course, Democrats were not pleased with this progress and therefore took decisive action. In Georgia, where the state legislature was still in the hands of Democrats, Uh, They ruled that while Blacks might have the right to be elected, they did not have the right to serve in office. This is what the the Democrats in Georgia said. Uh, Democrats therefore expelled 31 elected Blacks from the Georgia legislature, keeping the majority in the hands of the Democrats. So great were the gains of Blacks through the Republican Party that Democrats began to fight back not only as they had in Georgia through the manipulation of laws and election results, but also literally, as in Louisiana. It sounds like today. It sounds very, very eerily like today. Manipulating laws, manipulating election results. 
Recall that Black Americans had made huge gains in Louisiana with the election of 127 Black legislators and even a Black lieutenant governor who later served as state governor. To halt such progress in 1866, Democrats, in conjunction with the city police, the Democrat mayor of New Orleans, physically attacked the Republican convention in that city, killing 40 Blacks, 20 Whites, and wounding 150 others. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, there's just there was just so much here to go on. Uh, you know, we could literally we could spend days and days and days talking about it. Uh, but we don't talk about this in American public schools. Uh, you know, there, you know, Democrats say we need to tell the full story, the good, the bad and the ugly. Well, you know what? We're telling the whole story here. We're telling the good, we're telling the bad, and we're telling the ugly, uh, and, and we're gonna we're gonna tell the things that the Democrats don't want us to tell. We're gonna we're gonna do what they do. We're gonna tell it early, and we're gonna tell it often. Uh, you know, we've we've got to get we've got to get the history out there. And so uh, today's in honor of Joseph Rainey. Uh, we're, we're celebrating December twelfth, and. Uh, this is uh, it, this is an important honor to celebrate, and uh, you know, share it, uh, share this, share. If you're listening to this in podcast, share it with someone who needs it. If you're a homeschool mom, as a matter of fact, or homeschool dad, if you're just you're just a parent who cares about history, uh, the book that you need to buy is called "Setting the Record Straight: American History in Black and Right and White." written by David Barton. You can order it through Wall Builders. All right, that's all the time we have for today, America. And for this version of history class, encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. But let's unite to renovate the age. 